Welcome back to episode 51 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen a series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Rosario plus Vampire. I did a little research to see if the plus is like the X in Hunter x Hunter. I came across a few different answers before realizing I've been calling it Rosario plus Vampire for almost two years, it's not like I'm going to stop now. Even if I did change it for the review, I'd just go back to my old way of saying it, so what's the point? Season 1 was released in 2008 by Studio Gonzo, it has 13 episodes and comes in both sub and dub. I watched the series in sub. Skune is a 15 year old boy who couldn't get into high school due to failing the entrance exams. That is until his father mysteriously comes across registration papers to the Yokai Academy. Skune, who is just happy to not repeat a grade, is shocked when arriving at his new school. It's located in a dark forest where his cell phone cannot get reception. It isn't long before Skune bumps into Mocha, a girl who reveals herself as a vampire. The Yokai Academy is a school for monsters forbidden to humans. Skune tries to escape, but the bus to transport him outside of the barrier only runs once a month. Skune must now keep a low profile and hide his human existence as some monsters would consider him lunch. Skune is an unlucky lucky guy. Sure, he's surrounded by monsters, but a good amount of them are hot girls. As well, the school rules serve to protect him. Everyone has to be in human form unless under dire circumstances. That will be easy for Skune, human form is the only one he has. The second rule is students cannot inform each other what their monster identity is. No one really follows this second rule, but it gives Skune an excuse not to prove what type of demon he is. After the cool first person view of Skune booking it down the stairs, scared by getting a glimpse of Mocha's true vampire form, the way he's running looks like he shit himself. Thinking about being surrounded by monsters, he probably did. At least it would help cover his human scent. Skune may be mortal, but he is durable. Mocha slams him into a wall, he's thrown into a vending machine, smacked off a cliff, and booted across the ground all in the first episode. Throughout the season he is punched and kicked in the face, hit in the head with a bucket, clawed down his back, gang stomped by a horde of monsters, whipped across the face by his crazy teacher, laid in a pool of his own blood by Ruby, worked over by plant monsters, cut across his cheek, pierced through the heart, and lit on fire. With all the punishment Skune takes, he wasn't wrong to contemplate if he could stay at the academy while being so weak and needing the girls to protect him. He learns to lean on his friends after Mocha slapped the white off his face. Skune had the I need to protect girls because I'm a guy thing going on. He needed to recognize they are all superpowered badasses. Skune should stick to removing the rosary and let Mocha do the work. Usually I'll compliment a main character's drip, but my god the school uniforms in this series are hideous. It's on some seafoam green action looking terrible. The only reason Mocha pulls it off is because it matches her eyes. Mocha is the first person Skune meets at the academy and they become instant friends. This made it even harder for Skune to stay off everyone's radar. With a gorgeous Mocha at his side, many eyes are cast on Skune right away. I felt bad for Skune, he is the envy of every guy at the school but he is constantly put in the friend zone as Mocha refers to him as a precious friend. When the romantic feelings start bubbling up, these two are worse than Rito and Haruna with the repeatedly saying each other's names. Mokasan, Skune. Mokasan, Skune. Mocha secretly hiding a cute face while playing cold towards Skune was awesome, and her sharing the I Hate Perverts line with Yami from To Love Rue was another connection made to that series. Skune is a relatable dude who hasn't daydreamed about winning the big game in front of their crush. I mean, I actually did it in high school football, but not everyone is as awesome as me. I bet Skune wishes there was a club activity sign up every day. 
Mocha was all over him in every which way while being put off by the different options. During my rewatch for the review when it first showed the blue-haired woman campaigning for the swim club, I was like that's what I'd pick. Then I swiftly remembered she is a mermaid who tries to kill everyone in the water with her crazy fangs. Typical female anime lead only shows romantic interest in the loser boy when another hot girl comes around to flirt. Mocha was shooting daggers out of her eyes while staring at Skune during his swimming lesson. This interaction showed Mocha's weakness to water which was surprising. Unless it's holy water I didn't think common water would be a vampire shocker. When Mocha jumped in the water I thought the electricity was going to fry all the mermaids but instead Mocha just drowned. During my rewatch I had a two day break between episodes 8 and 9. Halfway through the ninth episode I had to go back to 8 and see if I had missed something. Mocha was snuggling up to Skune Heavy in episode 9 and they went in for a kiss like 4 times. I couldn't remember if something had happened to these two making their connection deeper, all the new flirting seemed really random to me. The end of episode 8 had Skune expressing his gratitude to Mocha for helping him study and going out of her way for him. But going from that to both of them leaning in for kisses was a leap I didn't feel was set up as smoothly as it could have been. Silver haired Mocha was sexy, whenever Skune removed the rosary unleashing this form, the music that played during the transformation sounded so familiar to me. I knew it was something from the 90s but I could never place it. During my rewatch for the review the closest thing I could relate it to was the soundtrack of Batman the Animated Series. I don't know if this was done consciously or if it was a strange coincidence but it is hilarious either way. Compared to pink haired Mocha, full blooded Mocha was a lot less bubbly. She saw Skune as a source of nutrients and took a lot longer to come around to liking him. Silver-haired Mocha was a beast she was always called out at the perfect time, usually by Skune accidentally pulling off the rosary. Besides her battle against Ruby, she finished every enemy using one kick. Kurono is a succubus that wanted to turn Skune and every boy at the academy into a love slave. She really didn't need to use her hypnotic eyes, just rubbing her breasts on Skune constantly seemed to be doing the trick. Kurno's powers of suggestion are awesome, not only could she get Skune to do what she wanted, but he would say things he didn't even mean. Skune did end up breaking this charm for Mocha, his pink haired baddie. Kurno's monster parts were all cool, wings to fly, a tail to drag Skune around with, and her claws are deadly. Silver haired Mocha still booted her through multiple trees and their fight was not competitive at all, but good on Kurno for taking Skune's lead when Mocha was ready to rip her wings off. She activated the waterworks right on cue when Skune stepped in to save her. Look, Mocha, Kurno's not a bad person. Psst, start crying now. Kurno planned to gather all the boys to find her destined one to prevent the extinction of her race. After Skune put himself on the line to save Kurno, she chose him to be her partner. I'm completely for Mocha and Skune to be a couple, but it is nice to have an actual competitive option. Kurno is just as hot and appealing as Mocha, it's not as if the rest of the harem are all clear second-rate picks. Kurno stepped up when Skune needed someone, Mocha ran off and didn't give him the benefit of the doubt when he was accused of peeping. Kurino, on the other hand, knew there had to be an explanation for it and investigated the scene of the crime. She found evidence and questioned Jin's allegations, clearing Skune's name. Mocha, after being warned Jin was a snake in the grass by the rosary, still let him manipulate her. One of Kurino's funniest moments is when she is being followed by her number one fan, her boob bouncing sound effects are complemented by his gut bouncing sound effects. Kurino looked damn good in her bathing suit and took full advantage of Mocha not being around to come on to Skune. Unfortunately, she got blocked by Yukari. The random musical number in different pool competitions was out of nowhere. I didn't mind it, but at the same time, it didn't fit with this series at all. The season did have a few more of these musical numbers, so what do I know? Something that confused me was Kurino mentioned Skune has the scent of a human, insinuating she knows he's not a monster. When the truth is revealed to the friend group, Kurino is pissed that Skune didn't tell her. 
She also defended him harder than anyone else and seemed like him being a human was impossible. But I mean she must have had some idea he wasn't a monster though. Yukari is a genius student much younger than everyone else at school. She has skipped grades due to her academic excellence. Yukari is outcasted for her intelligence. People find it weird someone younger could be better than them. Yukari is a witch. Witches are considered half-breeds not accepted by humans or demons, furthering her isolation. Some students believe magic is a tool she uses to score so high on tests. Yukari is book smart, but also very immature and not self-aware. She continued to use magic in the human world after being warned not to, which leads to everyone being pulled into Ruby's bullshit. Yukari's magic powers heavily rely on controlling janitorial equipment, attacking people with washbins and brooms. When she used the voodoo doll on Skune, I didn't know which was better, how angry it made Mocha, or how much Kurino was enjoying being fondled. This series finally did what I've been waiting for. Yukari, like many anime characters, is charging an attack, dancing around, chanting a spell, and the lizard man, instead of standing around waiting to get blasted, simply bites her wand in half. He defied anime time and got a few extra minutes on screen before silver-haired Mocha kicked his teeth out. I have to be fair and say right after he bit the wand, all three lizard men did let Mocha walk past them and have a long heart-to-heart motivational talk with Yukari. They should have tried to slash her back or bite her neck way earlier than they did. As for her relationship, Yukari is in love with Mocha. She asked Mocha out after being saved from the class representatives. Mocha hit her with the skune treatment, telling her they could only be friends. Yukari seems to agree to this, but the amount she gropes Mocha, I feel like the romance is still alive. Yukari eventually falls for Skune too, but nothing compares to that first love. Misery was voiced by Rikugi Mia, who was also Sora from Trinity 7 and Taiga from Toradora. Both characters I rate very highly. Misery is a snow woman who has complete control over ice. Her powers also include making clones of herself. Misery is Skune's number one fan when it comes to his articles in the school newspaper. She feels his writing is from the perspective of a weak person, which is how she views herself. Misery even cuts out scraps of newspaper and arranges them in her notebook. I'm sure there have been some kidnapping and stalker journals identical to that thing. Misery is tapped going on about how they were destined to meet. She tries to kill Mocha and beat up Skune into loving her. When has that ever worked? This series sure does love forgiveness. Kurno is pretty rough on Skune, but they become close friends. Jin framed him for peeping on girls, which was actually his doing, yet they let him stay both in school and the newspaper club. Now Killer Frost tries to murder them, but they all still sing Kumbaya at the end. You see how Skune, a stranger to Misery after being attacked by her, didn't blindly believe she damn near killed the gym teacher? That's how Mocha should have been for her longtime friend Skune when he was accused of peeping. Misery was only defending herself against the instructor, and a perverted gym teacher hitting on schoolgirls, what an original character. Combined with the crazy math teacher, I'd love to know who was in charge of hiring faculty at this school. One of Misery's highlights was the sound effect of her blasting ice spears into the plant monsters on Witch's Hill. It sounded graphic. I didn't care for Ruby's character in the slightest. Ruby was just too quick to attack Skune, especially after Yukari made it clear he's a friend and not a threat. At this point, we had a good group of people together, adding her at the end was weak. If she was just left as a villain, I would have been cool with that. The thing I did like about Ruby is she brought out the best in everyone's fighting. Yukari uses card magic, Mocha transforms without having the rosary being taken off, Kurno's eyes hit glow as she charges in, and Misery distorts the damn background color as she gets amped. After this, it's never shown how Skune was healed or how Ruby was taken down. It switched to them all wanting her to join school with them, then when she goes missing, everyone runs to help her, acting so concerned. She was trying to kill Skune 5 frames ago, what changed? Once again, the forgiveness in this series is legendary. 
The next thing that pissed me off in her arc is she ties up everyone except Skune in the vines. Why leave him free when he is technically considered a monster? Each girl escaped the vines with their own power except Mocha. Even when not transformed, Mocha has been shown to have great strength. How is it she is the one dragged away? Ruby's master turned out to be Norman Bates' mother and the quality during the big fight was awful. This two episode side story wasn't for me and I'm so glad it's not how the season finished. The actual ending was good. I will say I don't understand how a public safety committee can interrupt a teacher's class or torture other students into giving them information. But it was still fun. The public safety committee being the reason there were no newspaper club members when our crew joined was a great callback to that story. I just want to mention how funny it was when the fox power was turned to ultimate form and Buddy was as smooth as a Ken doll. When Skune had his moment getting Mocha out of harm's way, he looked so cool but still had his same dorky voice it really took away from his badassness. Having the powerful demon fox appear to be defeated by Skune was a great way to get everyone off his back about being a monster or not. Every student in the Yokai Academy are snitches. They were giving up all the juicy details on Skune while being interrogated. So when the students are crowding around Skune congratulating him after the fight, I was like, nah, keep that same energy. They were hooting and hollering for his execution earlier, the rats. Mocha could be a mummy instead of a vampire. She looks sexy all wrapped up in those bandages after the fight. One more quick thing I wanted to mention, the band of fan club presidents were a sad sight to say the least, but when they exposed their true forms, I was lost. Up to this point, orcs, lizardmen, vampires, witches, I was following along. These clowns are loose neck, closed umbrella, and the blind blob. I was so confused during their scenes, and it turns out I wasn't the only one. I once saw a meme with these three clowns. It was anime while I'm alone showing the most wholesome couple cuddling together. Then it went to a shot of these three Goombas caption anime when my mom walks in. I mean, you can't even explain what they are. Nitpicks. The Batwings flapping animation were all the way up and all the way down. There was no in between. It was very stiff looking. I also didn't like when the Bat would appear center screen to throw some unnecessary commentary. It wasn't needed. All the photos Jin took falling out of his jacket right as he is exposed as the Peeping Tom was really far-fetched. I mentioned it earlier, but you're not supposed to show monster forms, and everyone does. The class representatives that gave Yukari a hard time during the introduction look like they're in their 40s. When Mocha transforms, do none of the teachers notice the sky and ocean change color and the horde of bats flying down from the sky? Do none of these savages have manners? After Misery blasts them all with ice, none of them cover their mouth while sneezing at the table. No human witnessed the multiple giant magical and colorful explosions on top of Witch's Hill. The legs coming out of the spider girl's stomach were just gross. I noticed it on my first watch and it stood out in the second viewing as well. When Skune is going to be executed, Yukari and Kurano are speaking and it repeats the same camera tilt three times in a row. Quote of the series. The teacher saying I like them raw while at the beach. Because she's a cat person and wouldn't cook the fish, that's what it meant. Best girl waifu and harem. Coming into the review, I had no doubt in my mind Mocha was going to be best girl. After re-watching this series a second time, Kurano is the winner. I always thought Mocha and Skune should be together and I still feel that way, but a lot of my time was spent wondering if Mocha liked Skune or if he was just her favorite food. I tended to lean towards the latter. When Mocha would suck blood from Skune, that's really what it was, no bite marks, she essentially drank from him, only leaving a hickey. Eventually, she starts doing it without asking or when Skune is resisting. What sealed the deal is when Skune gets knocked down semi-unconscious and Mocha is checking on him, while he is still passed out, she says she can't help herself and begins to feed on him. He is in need of medical attention and she's draining his blood instead of helping. 
Kurino, on the other hand, could have kissed Skune a few times to make him hers, but she played the fair game wanting to win him over legitimately. She saved Mocha from Misery's ice dolls, and she flew everyone everywhere. Kurino was always helpful during a fight, and I feel she deserves this season's title of best girl. Kurino is not waifu to me, but if I was Skune, I'd have Kurino and a Mocha on each arm in my harem. Final thoughts. I had a lot of fun with Rosario plus Vampire on my first viewing. It didn't hold up as well during the second watch, so its revisitability isn't the highest. But if you haven't seen Rosario plus Vampire, I suggest you give it a go for a supernatural harem story. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.